Our world continues to change and push us in ways we have not been challenged before. On this show, we talk about these challenges, how to be aware of them, face them, and overcome them in your life. This is David Waldus, creator of the Align Living System. And I'm Nick Musica, Align Living Coach. Welcome to the Align Living System Podcast. Hi, my name is Nick Musica. Welcome to episode 12 of the Align Living System Podcast. Today, we're going to answer a few questions from folks who set in some submissions we've been asking for the past few weeks about questions. And we got two questions, one from Laura, one from Jeffrey, that are pretty similar in nature. Uh, and it's really about what David's experience is, his internal experience and his processes around being psychic and how he uh, works with those abilities. So today we're going to put David in, in the hot seat awesome. and ask him a few questions. <laughs> you good with that? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. I, I always love it because I don't know what's going to come through. I like, I, I kind of like these, you know, where there's zero preparation or even thinking ahead of time. And uh, so, yeah, yeah. Ask away. All right. All right. So, I mean, the, the basic question is, how does it show up for you? What does it look like? You know, you're, you're, mm -hmm. we, we see you sitting there and mm -hmm. then, and then you start to say things. So, so right, right. the time that we're sitting here staring at you and the time that you start talking and mm -hmm. you're talking, what is actually happening? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and it's funny cause it's, it's gone through a few variations, you know, I, I, in the, if you listen to the first podcast, it goes right into the story of, of, um, you know, when the Align Living download happened, I've, I've shared other stories on here about my first experience when I heard that voice when I was getting ready to go to my realtor's office and that mm -hmm. voice of just came in with not now. And it was a spoken voice, very clear, unmistakable. And, you know, it, it's interesting because at first I thought, God, like this is probably the most clear it could be, right? When I hear a voice that says things to me that says words. Mm -hmm. And that's not how it comes in anymore. How it comes in now is it's like a memory that just appears as a knowing. And so, you know, if you're thinking about like, Oh, remember uh, last week, something you did, and then you could like kind of replay the experience and go through the memory of it. It's something that you have in your head and you have access to. And so the way it happens for me now is it seems to just appear instantly. And there'll be this storyline, this experience, this kind of the depth that a memory has where I'll just have this knowing and, and that memory appears and then I can talk about it. And to me, it, it's interesting because when you think about a memory, you know, it's almost like you're watching a movie of it. There's so much information with it. Whereas words, if I just said, not now, or go now, or talk to this person, like there's very little information in that. Mm -hmm. And so it's very simple, clear, direct. But the way that it comes in for me now is like there's a whole experience to it. And that experience now has a ton of information that happens instantly. Just like if I asked you to remember, um, you know, something fun that happened from this week, you know, you could probably share 20 different details about it. And then some of them will just feel more relevant than others. But it's a lot more information, a lot more depth. It's like just a deep understanding that pops in instantly. Yeah, so when when you say appears, mm -hmm. is that, what what is what does that actually how does that actually show up for you? Yeah, yeah. So it's, I would say that there's a sensation with it too, because I, I often just feel like this uplift. I feel a very high level of clarity and it feels very clear, almost piercing. Uh, and so in that way, it is a little different from a memory because a lot of times memories are a little bit fuzzy or we're trying to bring them back, but it's it's like it, it just shows up 
clear as day as this is how things are. And it's accurate, you know, like, I mean, I've been doing this for what, professionally for 12 years and I trust it, you know, because when it comes in, it's in, and, and, and here's the interesting thing about this too, is when I was first learning to do this, you know, it was, it wasn't quite as easy to tell the difference between, you know, something that mm -hmm. I was desiring or fantasizing and that clarity that would come in. Like I didn't have the nuance of it, mm -hmm. but now when it comes in, there'll be times when I come in, I'm like, and I'll say to clients, I'm like, this is super clear. And there'll be other times that come in, come in and I'm like, oh, I'm seeing this as a possibility. Like it's fuzzy. It, it has some truth to it, but it's potential. And when something has potentiality to it versus like, oh, this shit's going to go down. Like this is what's going to happen or this is where they're coming from. This is their perspective. This is what's guiding your perspective. You know, this is what it was about from your childhood that's showing up now and triggering you into this. All of those things, they usually come through with, like, it's just like a fact. Like, I'm, you know, I'm looking at, yeah, you're wearing a, a green sweater. That's what's happening. You have a black hat on. That's what's happening. And there'll be other times when it's like, um, they'll just show me a little bit of fuzziness. And that's usually more future-oriented stuff, possibilities. And um, because it's not set in stone, but it is a potentiality. And, and, I, and I think that's a huge distinction because when we do get our own intuitive hits and we don't have that nuance yet between a potentiality and something that's just like, oh, this is what's happening or this is what has happened. And now I understand the situation with the great clarity. You know, if we can't distinguish the two and we're trying to make decisions based on that, that's where our intuition can really get us into trouble because a lot of times those fuzzy ones that I would mm. consider fuzzy that maybe might probably felt clear to me at the beginning because I didn't know the nuances or the level of clarity that was available. I would say, oh, this is going to happen and I need to act on it because it felt like a strong intuitive knowing. But now when I look at them, I go, oh, that's a possibility. And now I need to sit with it. And part of looking at that possibility helps me sort through is that the right action for me? Is that what I want? How does that feel when I'm shown this possibility? And how does it feel for the person that I'm working with when I share that possibility with them? Um, rather than, okay, take action because you need to go here and do this and this is what's going to happen. Yeah, um, yeah, It's a very different thing. And I think that's one of the most confusing parts when we're starting to do this work or starting to, to get these intuitive hits is to know the difference between potential outcomes that are there for us to look at and examine and feel if that's the right action for us versus the clarity of here's what's going to happen. So get to work on it. Got it. So, I mean, you've been doing this for more than a minute. So you have a, a process and an, an internal system that's gone through refinements have gone through evolution. Yeah. It's gone and through getting it wrong and running into the you know, creating that fuzzy future, then realizing like, oh, this is, this isn't it. Like this needs to be readjusted. I learned right. something. There was a purpose in me creating it, but it wasn't that clarity of like, this is going to serve you in, in a grounded, uh, stabilized way. It's like, this is going to teach you something. And right, so right. you created that so you could learn something. There was great value in it, but it wasn't that same level of clarity of like, this is your sole purpose right here. This is locked in, like do this. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and, and in terms of this, the the psychic skill itself, it it sounds like you can compare it to just about any other skill, right? 100%, like, yeah, you're learning a thing, you're learning the language about the thing, mm -hmm. and and then you start to get experience with it, and then you start to figure out like what works for you, what doesn't work for you. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, and and trust is a big part of it too. And so I'm just seeing this example of uh, somebody who's, a, you know, in playing baseball and they're going up to bat. Like a, a, somebody who's really at the top of their game, they have the clarity, they have the trust in their swing, they have the trust in their ability to stay focused, to push out all the distractions, 
for nothing else to really matter in that moment. And they're watching the nuance of the pitcher and the way that he's setting up and the way the ball is coming out of his hand, the way the catcher is adjusting all of these things that they've just is just become a natural state where there's no thinking involved. They're just micro adjusting constantly as and and that clarity that they need to have in order to do that versus just getting up and swinging the bat hard and trying to watch the ball, you know, and again, we start where we start, but once we develop those nuances, there's a certain feeling, a certain place we have to get ourselves in to trust ourselves. And when my, psychic ability first opened up like you know when i got that not now don't go to the realtors yet and then an hour later go now it was very simple i didn't need to kind of go through the nuance of it and i think that's why the communication happened that way was it helped me trust it and know this is real Mm. and legitimate and helpful but i also didn't need to be able to tune out and pick up you know what wasn't relevant pick up what was relevant pick up the nuances and so as we develop that ability to get deeper deeper into that clarity where we're not our ego mind isn't trying to tell a story or feel like it has to be this big thing I'm delivering to my clients. You know, it has to be exactly what it is. And I've seen a lot of psychics. In fact, you know, I can remember sitting down with quite a few psychics where I would feel them in their clarity and they're sharing information with me. And then they, I could feel them go, Oh, I feel like this isn't enough. Like I'm not delivering to my client as much as I want to deliver them. I need to get more. And then when they would feel that it wasn't just trusting the amount of information they were given or trusting the energy that was coming through. It was this feeling of, oh, I need to offer more. And so they would start to search for it. And when they would search for it, it was almost like distracting them. It was pulling them into this kind of imagination instead of clarity. And then they would start to share stuff that I could feel wasn't really clear, wasn't necessarily true. It was fuzzy and it was on the edge and then it was moving into desire or, you know, egoic ideas as opposed to that clarity. And, and of course, right. Like we, you know, when we're doing this work, we want to deliver the best outcome and, and, you know, and really deliver for our clients and that temptation. If, you know, when people are, are starting out with this, not to desire the delivery over the trust of the clarity that's coming in. Um, And, and that's a, it's a challenging component of it as people are developing that, but I, you know, the other piece too is when we get used to it, we may think this feels so like subtle and you know mildly useful, but it may be absolutely life-changing for somebody else. And I know even now when I've sat down with clients, like I'll feel like if somebody that this is a new world to, I'll give them just a little bit of information. I'll feel like, ah, this, I'm surprised more didn't come through. That's interesting. But to them, it was so profound because it was true. It was referenceable in their life. And it was about changing their paradigm and opening them up to this world more than, and where if I gave them, you know, all these details that just kept going, it would just be overwhelming and it wouldn't have the same value. And so, you know, not to get stuck in our mind of, of how much we're delivering, but that trust of what wants to come through with the value of it and the depth of it being really perfect and appropriate for whoever we're working with. Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, so it sounds a little bit like it's almost like the expert's dilemma. Mm-hmm. That's a phrase, you know, yeah. you, you've been studying this for so long and, mm-hmm. and you have so much to offer, Yeah. but the challenge really is meeting someone where they are from, mm-hmm. yeah. from the perspective of sitting down with them when yeah. you do that. Yeah. And, and the way the language comes through, I, I don't know if I've, I don't think I've told this story on here, but probably one of my most kind of stressful moments that I look back on in doing this work 
is uh, when I first moved to Encinitas, I had my office in the back of uh, this place, Earth's Elements. It was a really cool shop. I remember, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I was guided to go there, build out, like, I literally built the office out in the back and put in the drywall, carpeted lighting, all of that. And and it was a really cool, you know, perfect match for a while. But they were, you know, they had shop hours. And so a lot of times I'd meet with clients before or after those shop hours. So we'd walk through the dark shop, go to the back, and it'd just be me and the person. And so I'd set up this appointment with this young woman who was probably in her mid twenties. And so we, you know, here we are you know, walking through this dark shop. We sit down and as we start our session, all of the information that was coming through had this weird kind of, and again, like I say weird because that was my interpretation to it, but there was like a, a sexual aspect to the information that was coming through. And I'm just like sweating buckets or like, right. Like what, like it was just feeling so inappropriate to me that there's this young girl. We're in this place. It's just the two of us. We're in this back room in a, you know, in a dark shop. And she's acting like it's normal as it's coming through. And I'm just like sweating it out, trusting what's coming out of me. And about 10 minutes into it, she's reveals that she's actually a sex therapist. And that's was the content of it. And my God, the amount of trust it took for me to be sitting there with this girl in the back room and let, the guidance that was coming through come out of my mouth because it was so damn uncomfortable to me. I was like, I mean, when she finally told me, I'm like, oh, thank God. Thank God. Like I've been feeling like the biggest weirdo as I'm saying this shit to you. Um, but it was kind of a hilarious thing. And I'm like, she doesn't seem to be, she just seems to be taking this with a grain of salt for whatever reason, this must be the right information. Um, but God, my conscious brain was just like, dude, stop. <laughs> right. Okay. So, so that's how, when you first sit down with someone, so you're, you're, you're saying that type of trust is what yep. people need to start to develop in themselves to develop mm -hmm. their own skills. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. absolutely. And, and I could feel where it was coming from. So I knew it wasn't this weird part of me that like had some yeah. desire that was trying to come out of it. It was like, this is like, it's getting delivered like any other information. And yeah. so when we pick up on those nuances, then we can trust it. Like if we can't feel the difference, I don't think we should trust it. Because if we can't tell the difference between our own ego or our own desires or our own stuff that's trying seeping in and, and, and the clarity of that communication, like I would have had no business saying what I was saying. Yet I could okay. feel the difference. And so I didn't feel like I had a choice but to say what I what was coming through. Sure. Because sure. that's so then, what I do. So then for for other folks who are maybe thinking this, you know, things are happening for mm -hmm, them or, mm -hmm, or yeah. they're maybe, maybe they're unsure about what's exactly yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. What are, what are, what are some common ways that, um, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's a two part question. What mm -hmm. are some common ways that it shows up for people at large? Mm -hmm. And then what are the most consistent ways, if that's the right word to use that information shows up for you? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think when it first starts for most people, it's a nudge or a feeling. Um, like, oh, this feels important, or I feel like I'm supposed to be here, or I feel like I'm not supposed to go there. Um, I feel like, you know, it's, it's very subtle. And, you know, um, I think that, that it's really important when we get those that we, that we really sit with them. And because of the subtleness of it, there's a lot of room for interpretation. And it's so important when we do this, I think this is such a key element to this, is there's, it's so easy to go like, oh, I got this subtle hit that I'm supposed to go to this park this afternoon. 
Okay, so now let me start figuring it out. I'm going to jump now from the intuitive knowing into my conscious brain. And we're like, oh, okay, what do I know about that park? What do I know about that neighborhood? Who do I know that's there? And we start to try to figure it out and make it into something. Then we develop a story from the clues that we were giving and being given intuitively versus staying open to that intuitive place. And it's so, of course, we want to make sense of it. And of course, we want to use our conscious brain to figure out the breadcrumbs that were handed to us. Mm. But when we transition from that intuitive knowing into trying to follow the breadcrumbs, like the the likelihood of us being accurate, you know, just drops drastically. And it's such an easy, natural way of doing it because our brain is how we've navigated, you know, our conscious mind is how we've navigated our surroundings. And so when we start to get those intuitive hits, then we also... It brings in, as soon as we go to our conscious brain, it brings in our fears, it brings in our desires, it brings in our our history, um, all of these things. And we start to go into a whole different place. And so being able to distinguish those differences is absolutely huge. And to be able to stay in the intuitive hit and go, oh, okay, well, let me, and, and I've seen this a lot when I've helped clients develop that. The moment they get the hit, they want to pop out of it and make sense of it versus just staying there and seeing what else wants to come through. Um, and and that's that's absolutely huge. And, and so for me now, it's like, um, and it's why I enjoy questions like this. Like, I don't know what you're going to ask me ahead of time. So I'm not thinking about it. And when I, when I work with a new client, a lot of times with referrals, people want to tell me about their friend or their mm. coworker, they're going to send me. And I'm like, no, it's not, like, I don't want to know a thing because I don't want my conscious brain to get involved. And there's a temptation for that, but mm -hmm. also it, you know, even beyond the temptation, I know that if this person's, I know nothing about them and I'm just sitting down, the information is coming through. I know that it's not coming any, in anywhere other than, mm. um, through the guidance. Right, right, right. And so it's, it's, it's actually really helpful to know less. Um, okay. So you're, you're talking, I'm hearing what you're saying and I'm trying to land it for other people in terms mm -hmm. of like the subtleties mm -hmm. and how it could show up for them. Like you get a lot yeah. of knowing. Yeah. 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 And in the beginning you got hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Clear audio. And, yeah. And yep, and you mentioned um I, I think you said you used the word seeing. Yeah, yeah. Some people will get visual aspects of it too. Yeah. Um and, and, and is and, that in your head? Like when we when we're talking about hearing yeah. and seeing, like is mm -hmm. that in your in your own experience or is it out in the world? Yeah, yeah. When I get clear video clear visual stuff, it's often like I'll I'll see like an image or like a movie playing out. And yeah. quite often for me personally, and I know some people, this is where they get their most accurate information. Quite often for me, when I get that, it's possibilities. Um, and, and it's not a, like a, it's utilized in my communication as potentials. And when I get this Clara gnosis or, or like just really mm. gnosis, I guess it's called like, then it's like, oh, this is right on. Um, and, and that's usually, you know, sometimes it's future oriented, but a lot of times it's just understanding a person and how they're operating uh, so that they can understand themselves deeper and, and engage in a different way. And then we just can clear the energy around it because when we have that level of clarity, we tend to just dissolve uh, what's unresolved. And that's really what a lot of the work I do with people is help them get so clear with their operating systems and their thinking that it resolves what was causing their way of being that was distract destructive or distracting or looping or whatever is creating those things in our life that we don't want to create. It's, it's always about the unresolved stuff. And so when we can understand the experience, all of a sudden it just resolves and our behavior is different. Our thinking is different around it. Got it. Got it. So, so when people think, I mean, there's, there's multiple ways I would imagine people think about psychics. Mm -hmm. I want to go yeah, and, and yeah. you know, you see, you, you drive yeah. on the, 
on the five here in California and you're going to see blah, 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 talk, talk to someone call one, 900, 800, whatever it is for, for your love life, for business, Mm -hmm. for whatever it is. Um, and you just said you work, let me know if I get this wrong. Mm -hmm. You work with folks on their, on their operating system so they can get better in tune with their own psychic channel. Is that Yeah, right? absolutely. And, and also just their own autopilot, their own, you know, core beliefs that that drive them when they're less conscious. And, and that to me, like I help people resolve what's unresolved in them. And, and what is, what happens when that, and, and it's weird. Cause you know, I, I think that's a great example of like, I don't do a lot of future oriented stuff. I may say, yo, I feel like there's something coming here, but even I often don't even get shown it super clear. I'll just say, oh, you know, just so you know, there's something that's going to be shifting around this, right? Like we don't need to worry about that right now. The reason it's going to shift is because here's what we're working on today. And that's probably how it's going to manifest in your life. This is where the shift will happen. But what I, you know, always I'm directed towards resolving unresolved stuff in, in people's energy fields and their consciousness mm. and their programming and their, you know, their coping mechanisms and their traumas. And when it makes sense, when all the, when the whole story just fits together, we don't go back and dig through it and go, you know, let's sit here and cry for half an hour about this. I mean, of course, tears come up periodically because it's, you know, so like right on, you know, what it is that needs to be resolved. But when that resolves, all of a sudden we have different desires. All of a sudden we're able to move forward in a way that we weren't before because all of the problems we're creating in our lives are about things that are not resolved inside of us. And we all have tons of them. And so as we resolve these things, we just flow more smoothly through life. We trust things more. We, we create outcomes that are more aligned with us rather than are about learning something uh, and, and then having to redirect ourselves again. And so um, to me, it's, it's like I don't see a lot of value in using my gifts other ways um, mm. because then we get just living for the future. We don't really change and shift. And, and to me, you know, I, I, feel, I always say this with clients, I'm like, it's funny how we spend the first part of our life, you know, creating all this trauma and, and creating all these coping mechanisms. And then the next part of our life, unraveling them so that we can live that free, clear place that we knew as a kid, you know, just with our adult mind, our adult awareness, our, our adult desires. And uh, we, we were basically just cleaning up our life so that we're not continuing to loop and get stuck, you know, you know, taking these mazes and ending up in that same dead end that we've gone over and over again because we go there because there's something unresolved. And when we resolve it, we choose a different path and we create a different outcome. Got it. And then, and you, you didn't say it, but I, I think I heard someplace the coping mechanisms. And we talk about that a mm-hmm. lot on the show. Yeah. 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 Okay. So for, for folks who are, who are interested in developing their mm-hmm. own personal skills, gifts, mm-hmm. talents, however mm-hmm. we want to phrase it. Yeah. What's, are, is, are there three things they can do? One thing they should be doing well? Like what, how would, how would you, what, what's, what's the encouragement you can give them? What's some direction that we can give these guys? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that meditation is probably the one, the most powerful way to get it going. And, you know, for me, like I could never meditate. Like I was super ADHD and I just didn't have the space inside myself to meditate. I'd sit down and I would just spin. And so I knew meditation on my bike. I knew meditation hiking. Mm. I knew meditation running. And so I, I think that um, being more creative in our definition of what meditation is and what that is, is basically moving into this place where our brain kind of shuts down and we develop a quietness and things can just be a little bit more freeform. They're not being dictated by how our brain wants to work and, you know, like whatever it's trying to sort through, we let go of the conscious mind and move into uh, 
a, a state where things are just flowing and, and there's a lot more quiet. And so, you know, absolutely. And, and the other thing too is like with this, when, when we work with people and we teach them the, the first steps of the line living system, which are, you know, are available for free yeah. through the, through the free video course off the webpage off of davidwaldus.com. Um, something really interesting happens. And I've heard this from countless clients where they go, God, I can never meditate and I never understood it. And it always pissed me off when I'd have to meditate because I would just close my eyes and try to be quiet and it wouldn't be quiet. And, and people are like, Oh no, you know, you just, you just clear your mind. And, and they're like, I don't think you understand. My mind doesn't clear. And to me, it's, it's like, well, absolutely it doesn't because when we're set up where the outer world is streaming into our inner world, like it's never going to be quiet unless we go way out into the desert or out on a boat or in, way into the woods, which is why I used to love doing that. And I still do, but I, I just don't require it anymore to get there. That the, those first steps with the consciousness lock that you'll learn about in that video course and, and yeah. the, uh, um, the alignment creates that quietness. It stops the outer world from streaming in and you're never going to be able to have this clear meditation, um, you know, without massively controlling your environment. Um, which, you know, for most people is just not available regularly. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, that piece for meditation, you know, like do the video course so that you have access to it or work with one of us. Um, but, you know, maybe you're already doing it in some other way. Maybe you're on your bike doing it. Maybe you're swimming doing it. Maybe you're um, running doing it. Maybe you're hiking doing it. Whatever it is for you that quiets that and, and kind of shuts your brain up. Um, great. But it's a very simple technique that you'd learn in a handful of minutes in the video course. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. Is there, is there anything else we should talk about regarding your experience with how things show up for you? And we could save it for another day, but I just want to ask the question. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I, I love that it's often evolving, you know, that like there's kind of, and, and I mean, mm. this is a very weird part of this. And, you know, it's funny, it's one of the main reasons that I record all of my sessions with clients is that when we move into a higher state of consciousness, and so basically moving from that third dimensional reality, the density of it, and we move into what you might call a fifth dimensional reality, uh, where we're just a lot more lit up, we're feeling energy, there's just this intuitive knowing that's available there. And then we go back into the 3D normal consciousness, our memory doesn't track very well back and forth. And so it, you know, and it's weird. Like, I mean, if you're listening to this going, this sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me, like, well, I can respect that because you're in order for it to feel that way, you'd be, you'd be listening from a third dimensional reality, which makes sense, right? It's where we're born. It's where, you know, 80% of this world's taking place. And so if you're listening to this going like, I don't even know why you're here listening to it, which, <laughs> but maybe there's a curiosity for more is of course it's bullshit from there. It doesn't exist there. And so when people cross that threshold and move into that multidimensionality, all of a sudden something else happens and we start to get access to that. And we start to be able to feel the energy moving through our body. The intuitive knowing starts to happen. The, uh, the, it can start to build into that communication with our higher self or guides, however we're going to look at it or both. And then we let go of that. We go back into our, something trips us up and we, you know, take the bait. We end up back in the 3d world. All of a sudden that feels like bullshit again. And so, you know, from that higher dimensional place, we can see the truth of the 3D world, but from the 3D world, we can't see the truth of that higher dimensional place. Like it's not real here, like because you can't have an intuitive knowing in the third dimensional reality. You can't feel energy moving through your body in a third dimensional reality because it's not where it exists. 
And so I have great respect for people. I'd much rather have somebody who lives in a third dimension reality go, this is bullshit, um, than go, oh, I believe it. Like, well, why would you believe it? It doesn't exist in the reality you live in. Yet, you know, spend five minutes doing this work, hop into that experience, and all of a sudden there's a whole new reality. And so, you know, this is part of it. Like, I, I remember when I was first doing this work, I would ask, you know, the universe daily, go, you know, I, I just need a miracle every day. Because I would pop in, get this higher knowing, and then I'd pop back into three-dimensional reality, be living, you know, teaching, doing this work, and I'd, and all of a sudden that didn't exist anymore. And I'm like, gosh, it's so frustrating to feel like this access that's absolutely amazing, and then for it to disappear, and then for me to have a tough time remembering that it's even real, yet here I am mm. doing it regularly, but it would exist, doesn't exist. Okay, now what do I do with that with my brain? And it's kind of, it's a hard truth to hold when you're in a reality where it doesn't exist anymore. And so asking for that daily miracle, but also, you know, I mean, that's what I love about the Aligned Living work is it gives us tools to just keep accessing it until we can learn to stabilize in it. And then it's just a constant reality. It doesn't, we don't need the miracles, you know, piercing our world regularly so that we can believe it's true because it, it just is our experience. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. Great. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it feels, it feels pretty good. And so, yeah, I'm psyched that we started to get some questions, right? Like that, I feel like that makes a whole nother level of interest, you know, interesting with this and, and, and really catering to what the listeners want to know. And so we'd love to have more people shape where we're going with this by submitting their questions. And maybe you have questions about what we talked about today. Maybe you're having some experiences and you're not sure what to trust or how to navigate them. Like go to the link in the bio, submit your question and ask for some clarity on it. Because, uh, you know, as much as this intuitively comes through, when we hear your specific questions, uh, it, it's going to be helpful for everybody. And so, um, yeah, please do submit it. I think it, it, it makes us so much more useful and powerful. Awesome. Thank you, David. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Nick. Have a great week, everyone. We hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast. And if you did, please subscribe so you can catch the next episode. If you want to learn more about the Aligned Living System and how it could support you in your life, check out davidwaldus.com. <laughs> <laughs>